0: ¡Gracias! Welcome back to Food for Thoughts. Uh, Today, what we're going to be chatting about is uh, the idea of Christmas, but not having a Merry Christmas, but rather having a messy Christmas, because that's where we're at in 2020. Messy Christmas to you. (laughs) Messy Christmas to you too. (laughs) Uh, Before we do that, I have a little creation here. Something I, um, our snack for today is something I invented, but have not tried before. And you're going to be tasting a peanut butter and chocolate sea salt sandwich. Um, Mm. So let me tell you the story behind this i was in a meeting one time at work and like there was chocolate like it was dark chocolate with sea salt and i never don't touch it when i'm i one done my story so, so yeah we were in a meeting we had dark chocolate with sea salt and then at one point i'm chewing on this and i'm like i interrupt the meeting and i'm like guys this would taste so good with peanut butter okay totally <laughs> off topic and so yeah um our snack today is going to be dark chocolate with a pinch of sea salt and with peanut butter you haven't so, tried
1: it since you made that
0: no, you know, like very I just an
1: inappropriate outburst.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I make an appropriate outburst, and I only act on it later on. So today okay. is the day where we try this. Are you ready?
1: I'm sure it's going to be amazing, yeah. but let's give it a shot. Uh,
0: it's the sea salt, man. Okay, one, two, three. Mm. Oh, it's so good! Yeah. Oh man, it's good. Oh, I'm getting the sea salt now. Yeah, yeah, you kind of taste it after. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm a genius. Um, That was a point of that meeting.
1: (laughs) I actually like it better being dark chocolate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not overly sweet.
0: I think, like, in becoming an adult, I've had to admit that dark chocolate is actually good. Especially with sea salt and peanut butter. So,
1: Well, great invention, Jess. (laughs) Highly recommend it. If you have dark chocolate, sea salt, and peanut butter in your house, stop the podcast. Go make yourself a little, you know, trio snack
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and come Mm -hmm. and listen to the rest of the podcast while chewing it, as I'll be doing for a while, (laughs) because then you'll be with us in spirit.
0: Yeah. So as you're chewing on that... um. Our topic today is yeah going to be the idea of having a messy Christmas. Mm-hmm. Looking at like, the reality of what Christmas is like this year, or like, in past year, where it's been harder to celebrate, but looking at how in light of that the gospel is still unstoppable.
1: Absolutely. I think that when we look at the complete birth narrative, mm. there's a lot of messiness in it. It's not as picture-perfect and beautiful and postcard-appropriate as we like to think it is or act like it is. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, I went to a Christmas production. It was done by this church uh, over in Hudson. It's called The Walk to Bethlehem. Uh, basically, it's this outside, you're, you're all outdoors, and it's kind of like barnyard, farmland kind of feel. Uh, and they'd set up these different stations. And you are in a group little, a little group of people, and you walk from station to station. And at each station, they have a bunch of actors who are dressed up uh, who act out a different part of the Christmas story, uh, you know from the angel's announcement to the you know Joseph and Mary traveling to Bethlehem and yada 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 all the way to Jesus being born and the angelic praise and the shepherds and whatever else, uh, but in the midst of all of this, there was like a huge part of the story that they <laughs> left out, and i don 't blame them at all, but the part that they left out is, is Matthew chapter two, after the wise men visit Jesus and they leave and they essentially uh, go around Herod who wanted them to come back and who he wanted them to give come back and give them a report him a report excuse me Herod in a sort of a fit of rage commands soldiers to go into Bethlehem and to kill all the male children under a certain age Mm -hmm. and that's what happens but Joseph is warned in a dream and escapes to Egypt with his family before that happens. That's not a part of the story that's included (laughs) in a nice little family-friendly, you know, walk to Bethlehem type of thing.
0: An infanticide, smack smack at the end of the story. Yeah, Merry
1: Christmas, right? (laughs) I mean, you don't want to traumatize your audience. So I get get it's exclusion, but it's part of the story. Exactly. And it's a valuable part of the story when we really want to focus on what is the message of Christmas? And mm-hmm. try to get the depth of that. And mm-hmm. he Wright says this. He says, banish all thoughts of peaceful Christmas scenes. Before the Prince of Peace had learned to walk and talk, he was a homeless refugee with a price on his head.
0: That's so um, jarring to hear, but so true. Like that's, that's the biblical narrative of Christmas. Very messy, very violent. Uh, yeah. Very tense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's other elements of the Christmas story, too, um, that have a lot of tension. I was specifically thinking about um, Mary, so Jesus's mother. Um, so at first, you know, nine months before everything happens, an angel comes up to her and he's like, you're having a baby. Great. Um, she's like, yeah, I'm the servant of the Lord. I'm happy to to do this. There is a song in Luke uh, chapter one, I think, of um, Mary really surrendering to God's plan and her like worshiping God for that but then nine months later um, they're in the temple with the new baby boy and this old dude walks up to her and he's like a sword is going to pierce your heart Um, obviously referring to the fact that Jesus is going to uh, referring to the fact that Jesus was born to die Um, Mm -hmm. so that's a lot of tension right there that's in Luke chapter two and so yeah one minute in chapter one she's rejoicing next uh, next minute There's a lot of hopelessness almost, it looks like. Um, And so what that teaches me is that it's very normal to feel tense, to have a sense of tension at this time of the year, whether it's this year with a pandemic or I know for me in years past, like I can see Christmas coming and I know I'm supposed to be super happy about it, but there's just other things going on that make it um, really hard for me to have a sense of hope. But if you think of the reason why Jesus was born, you know, if you think of why he was born to die, it was to give us life. It was to show that his love is greater than anything. So he is my hope, even in those moments of tension. I can trust him in mm-hmm. those moments of tension. Um, that's that's the whole message behind Christmas story, I believe. So.
1: Yeah. I think part of the reason why it's hard to be joyful around Christmas can be sometimes we're going through incredibly difficult things mm-hmm. uh, in all kinds of ways, mm-hmm. but... Something that is very clear in the the nativity, in the, the the sort of unpacking of Christmas, is that even in those really difficult moments, God is at work. Yeah. God is active. And that's a great thing to hold on to. The idea that Christmas, the hope of Christmas, is unstoppable. Right. And we see that. We see that, you know, going back to the story of Herod, he does... All he can to try to stop this young, you know, king who he doesn't know much about, but recognizes him as a threat. Yeah, he does all he can to stop him. He tries to, first of all, undermine the the wise man's mission. He then, when that doesn't work, he sends um, he sends soldiers in to try to exterminate the threat. That doesn't work because angels warn Joseph. He flees, right. and then Herod dies, and mm-hmm. with him that sense of. You know, all his plans die with him. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is untouched. But well, like, th-
0: later sorry. on in the story, you know, they do eventually kill Jesus, quote-unquote. Like, they do. That, that... um Evil, I guess, that wants to stop the gospel. It kind of looks at one point in the story, it kind of looks at uh, at one point in the story like it does triumph, like Jesus' yeah. crucifixion does happen, um, and then he's alive again. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, man, no matter what the powers in this world try to do, the gospel is unstoppable.
1: Yeah, it's totally unstoppable. And for that reason, they're right to recognize Jesus as a threat. Mm. Jesus is a threat to everything in this world that, that stands itself up against God. Yeah. And they try and they throw their very worst at him. They literally kill him. Mm -hmm. And that's not enough to stop him. It's not enough to stop the work of God. It reminds me of Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through to 6. This is really pretty, I mean, I think like it's a powerful passage to me. It says this, Psalm chapter 2, verse 1 says, Why do the nations conspire and the people plot in vain? The kings of earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. That's, that's a really powerful thing to say.
0: And I like uh, the part where he's like, "Yeah, God just laughs (laughs) when he sees everyone trying to stop his work." Yeah,
1: isn't that a crazy image to see God laughing at the futility of Mm -hmm. trying to stop him? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of the Christmas story, it's literally a baby born to this impoverished family in the middle of nowhere. Like, what hope does he have? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like what? How is this? a picture of what God is doing in the world. It's so small. It's so obscure. And yet it's unstoppable.
0: Right.
1: It's unstoppable. Nothing can get in the way of what's what's happening in his story. There's something incredible about that that reminds me that when we look at the world around us, man, things are a mess. (laughs) You think? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Things are
1: a mess. But the Christmas story reminds me God is at work.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Even when it's hidden, even when it's small and hard to see, we know that he's at work and we know that his work is unstoppable.
0: And I think it's important to mention too, definitely in the Bible narrative, that like the mess is part of the work that he's doing. It doesn't happen coincidentally. Like Jesus being a baby wasn't a coincidence. It was to show that God can still triumph, even in this vulnerable little baby, you know? So it's yeah, that, that brings me hope also, to know that the, the things I'm going through in years past or this year, it's like God, is, God knows about that mess. Um, yeah. It's not random. Yeah.
1: And he chooses to enter into it as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Jesus could have been born in a palace. He could have lived a life of, you know really separated from real harm and danger, but he, de- he doesn't. He's born into poverty. He's a refugee when he's a toddler. He has to still stay kind of out of the spotlight while he grows up because there's still, you know, people who would want to try to stop him. He grows up in a, in a, this backwater little place where people mock him because of where he's from later yeah. in life. You know, what are you, a Galilean? <laughs> you know, the, the, it's like sort of the Hickville of, of you know, of Israel at the yeah. time. He chooses all of this.
0: He chooses everything we would not have chosen. If exactly. so we're completely yeah. honest, you know?
1: Yeah and it's amazing because the reason for his choice is because he is truly Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. And if he's not with us in the pain and the brokenness and the messiness of life, then he's not really with us. Exactly. But he is in the pain. Yeah. He he experiences the pain, the messiness of life. And not only does he experience it, but everything that happens to him serves to strengthen him and move him forward. And he accomplishes his work in the midst of it all. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's the same redemptive hope that he offers to our lives too. Exactly. The messiness serves the purposes of God. Mm -hmm. It actually becomes part of the glory that God gets in the end. Because we see his hand at work in the midst of it all. And his way of bringing life out of death. Yeah. exactly. It's amazing. There's There's a passage that you brought up earlier. That that kind of reflects that idea.
0: Yeah, it reflects the idea that there's, yeah, another passage of Scripture, this tension between like what the way things are um, and the fact that you can still have hope in God. And in Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 to 18, I really love this passage. Um, It starts off pretty grim, but uh, hang in there. It says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pens and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Um, Christ is described as Emmanuel. He's also described as our Savior. And not a Savior who, who saves us from the messiness because he uses that for his purposes. But because he knows what it's like to be in the messiness and because he knows what it's like to triumph over that, um, I can rejoice in him as this joy as this um verse says. And so that's that's the encouragement that I get from not just the the Christmas narrative, but from the biblical narrative. You know, God enters the pain, um, but still redeems it and still works out his purposes through that. So it's all those it's all the more reason why we can really not have just a messy Christmas, but a merry Christmas. merry um, <laughs> found in the fact that God is on the throne, you know, he reigns even if there yeah. is even if he does allow this mess. So yeah.
1: uh, Merry messy Christmas.
0: Merry messy Christmas. Have <laughs> a merry messy Christmas. <laughs> wow! I'm a genius. You know, writing songs. Who thought that we
1: would sure hear Jess sing this early on in the podcast's life? <laughs> Amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: What would you say to someone who is in the middle of that mess right mm. now?
0: I would try to validate that. You know, mm. I would hopefully try to not. Um, brush it off and be like, Yeah, but the Bible says but just like the Bible says that your pain is valid, your pain is real, it's a pain that Christ experienced too. Like being exactly. forgotten, being lonely, having these parents who are like freaking out and oh what's going on? Um yeah, what if the person's open to it, what I would also say is how Christ gives me hope in that. Mm-hmm. Um He's Emmanuel. He's God with us in the mess. And like, what kind of savior do you want? You know, do you want someone who's just coming up from heaven and being like, yeah, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. And it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows. Or do you want a savior who actually comes down and feel the pain with you? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's the second type of savior that you want, then that's, that's who he is. You know, So yeah. I, think, I think I would try to have that kind of conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the Bible definitely validates the difficulty and the pain of life because of the very fact that God enters into it. Mm -hmm. He is a God who does not remain aloof to pain. And if pain wasn't a real obstacle, if pain wasn't a real thing that we have to deal with and find a way to deal with, then why why would he come into it? Why would he choose to enter into it on our behalf? He does it so that he can help us through it, so that he can really help us bear the burden with it and show his redemptive hope in the midst of it all, that the gospel is unstoppable mm-hmm. you know whatever's going on in your life it may be bad but that's yeah. not the end of the story god exactly. is in control and mm-hmm. his gospel is unstoppable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we need to listen to that and have an expectancy about god still at work in this world you know yeah. so i think that that can cause us to be really bold you know yeah. we can we can step out in boldness and say look i'm going to take risks for god i'm going to even 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 worshiping is an act of boldness.
0: That's true. Because, you know, we
1: we worship sometimes in spite of the difficulty, in spite of the pain, because we choose to look beyond it. And that can be a bold step of faith. Mm. But that boldness of stepping out in faith, even if it's just to worship God in the midst of a turmoil and, and, you know, messiness, that's a boldness that we can afford to have. Because what the Bible teaches us and what Christmas teaches us that God is unstoppable, and even the worst gets thrown against Christ, it can't touch him, it Mm -hmm. can't undermine what he is doing. All of it just serves to accomplish his purposes in the end. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, and it's our reason for hope this Christmas.
1: Absolutely is.
0: I guess uh, that wraps up what we wanted to bring you guys. Um, But yeah, have a merry, messy Christmas, and remember that... um, the midst of your pain that's absolutely real christ is a savior that you can lean on in this season
1: yeah stay safe and god bless you
0: yeah